You are now tuned in from the desk of low. Brought to you by from the Dat Feeling Podcast Network. If you have a dream, go get it. Welcome back from the desk flow. I have a legend on the phone. I actually wanted him on season one as a third guest, but I guess things kind of come full circle because he's the third battle rapper to ever appear on the show. Um, without for oh, and he's a part of my favorite group, Fat Killers too. Um, legendary Detroit yeah. group. So if y'all know them, and he's one half of the group Twin Towers of Fat Fowler. So if y'all know who that is, I have the legendary Marvel one. Yeah, yeah, what's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me, man. I, pr- I apologize for all of the all the scheduling conflicts, man. But we here, we ready? Let's do it. Hey, I'm glad, man, that you're you know you're just a humble individual after with everything you accomplished in your career, sir. Oh man, gotta be humble, man. Um, gotta be. Now, a lot of people found you through the Eight Mile DVD, and they always ask you the most obvious questions too. But with me, I, um. I found you in the most unique way, too. I actually want to play you on how I found you. Remember that, Mr. Marvel One? I do, man. I do. I do, man. R.I.P. Proof, man. We were we were out in we were out in L.A. for Bazaar's Rockstar video shoot, and Proof was just out there, just you know, had his cameraman, he's out there filming footage. And uh, Proof is like, uh, Proof is my big homie, so he was like, "Yo, rat." I was like, "Oh man, uh, okay." And I didn't know what he was gonna do with it. You know, I mean, it didn't matter, I guess. You know, and, and man, I was blessed that he that he used that for his for his searching for Jerry Garcia DVD. That's that's super dope, man. Not a lot of people, not a lot of people really ever bring that up to me. That's dope. Really, because like um. The- it made me go back and watch it a couple, because I was real young at the time too. But that's when I was first discovering hip hop during that time, and I was like, "Who the hell is that guy?" So it made me like, yeah. we didn't have the internet wasn't accessible at that time. So um, I found the Fat Killers, and I'm like, "Oh, yo, these guys were Shimmy Bango, Fat Falder, you, and Ken Gordy." I was like, "Wow, these guys are some other level too." Um, now. I interviewed um, Bane and Fatfall, too. I asked them the same question, too, but I always like to get each member's perspective, too. Um, it's the 14th anniversary of the Fat Killers Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Classic, top three albums out Detroit. I don't care what anyone says. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, do you remember the recording sessions from that album, sir? Definitely, definitely. Like, before, before we did the group, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really didn't have... I didn't have direction as far as being an artist. It was literally just rap, rap, rap. And, uh, like, I was very, very blessed to be able to to learn from my from my friends. So, Fat, Gordy, Bango, like, they taught me a lot about being an artist. In those sessions, like, I'd be like... I, 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 hear, I hear artists when they tell stories about, you know, like, their groups and... And how it was like competitive, like you know, we were always fighting to get on songs. Like that was never, I, like that was never, that was never our mind state. We always just wanted to make the best possible song. So, like we always worked with each other. Like it was us 
against the world. And like those sessions, those sessions were legendary because if you, if, 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 if you came, if you came light, you couldn't come light on the song with Gordy. You couldn't come light on the song with Fats or Bango. So you always had to have your, your, your best foot forward. And those sessions definitely helped shape me as an artist or helped me or shaped me into the artist that I am today. Like I'm, I'm super, I'm super thankful and super blessed that I was able to, to, to be a part of, of, of that legendary group, man. Like we did some work. That was a great album. Uh, our album didn't sound like anybody else's. You know what I'm saying we were, we were really, we were really blessed, man. You know, Silent Riot did a lot of the production. R.I.T. My man Cobb, uh, DJ Dez, DJ House Shoes, Black Note, Mr. Porter. That was that was a really good. That was a good album. Man. That was a good album. And it definitely stands through the test of time too, because it's 14 years later, and I still play that on the regular, like Fat Song. Man, man, that's crazy. That's super crazy. Um. And I'm curious too. Your older cousin Chuck inspired you a lot too in your early stages of hip hop, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. He was the first person who turned me on to hip hop. He was the first person who turned me on to it. So, like, I owe a lot of my career to my to my cousin. I didn't have an older brother, so he was like my older brother, and everything he was into, like, I I became into. So he was really heavy in the hip hop, and it just like it just struck a, it struck a chord with me. That's why I knew what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Because you were with him when uh, he bought the Adventures of Slick Rick too. What was your reaction after y'all heard that tape in full? You know what? I, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was what I was listening to or what I was about to listen to. So there was one song on there. The uh, it's a song called uh, Indian Girl, I believe, the Davy Crockett song, where it's just like the most raunchy, dirty, filthy, X-rated song in the world, and I never heard rap like that so i remember just listening to that song over and over and over again like yo is he able to say that like is he allowed to say that <laughs> super crazy man like the story was so vivid and it was such a dirty song man like adults shouldn't have been listening to that song but like that that's that's the biggest memory i have of that album like whoa yo he shouldn't be able to say this this is this is wrong. You're just like a Playboy magazine. <laughs> this guy is, yeah, and they're selling this as a tape. Damn. <laughs> um, and then also too, because you're one of the very few battle rappers who can make music too. Because I'll get into your music after though. But you were battling at an early age, um, around sixteen or seventeen too. Um, did your cousin Chuck inspired you to do battling too? No, nope, not at no, not around that time. Around that time, I had a. Uh... I had hooked up with uh, with my man Disaster, who was uh, one of the producers of uh, Silent Riot, and um, like you know, we were a crew, and he was grooming me. And of course, you know, like anybody that has a, a prized, a prized hit ball, I guess you want to put them against other people's fighters. So that's that's basically what it boiled down to. Like the conversations were, you know. I got, well, your man can't beat my man. And it just so happened, like, I was always younger than everybody else. So I got thrown into the fire very, very early. You know what I'm saying? So it was, you know, I took some bumps, took some bruises, but I gave out more L's than I took, for sure. Well, you could have a very interesting career, too, because, like, You've been around for some time, too, and, like, you say that you get inspired by the people around you, too. I'm wondering, who inspires you today, too, because look at the growth of Guilty, man, or even the growth of Royce, too. Royce is one, of, one of, is a good example of growth as an artist. And I'm still, I'm very lucky, I'm very blessed to still be inspired by my friends. Like, I'm, I'm in awe. Like, I'm in awe when I hear Royce Brown. Like I'm, I'm in awe when I hear guilty or when I hear fat or when I hear Gordy or Elza or any of these people. So I don't have to look very far for inspiration. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a huge fan of of of, of, of the Griselda movement. I'm a huge fan of Westside Gun and Conway and Benny. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Rock Marciano. 
Oh, yeah, I was just going to bring that up. I'm a huge fan, man. I'm a huge fan of all those people. I'm a huge fan of people who who are still uh, heavily bar-oriented. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I don't necessarily need the glitz, the glamour. Like, I don't need the the, the, the bright lights. Just give me a mic and a beat, and I'm going to show you that I'm better than you. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, 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 of that kind of rap. Uh, one of my favorite MCs is uh, Ty Ferris too. I'm curious how you met Ty Ferris, sir. Uh, you know what? I met I met Ty. I met Ty through battling. I met Ty through battling. It was here in the city. Um, we were all trying to make a name for ourselves, especially him. You know what I'm saying? Like I had, I kind of had a jump start on him, like as far as, like as far as being known. So he used to uh, run. He used to run with this kid named Famous, who uh, they ended up being signed to Proof in a group called The Purple Gang. And uh, I just knew Ty. I just knew Ty through 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 battles. He would show up at every battle. Uh, he was selling mixtapes. He's actually he's actually one of the first people, if not the first, that you know we credit with with bringing the smack style of of battle rapping into the city of Detroit. He was definitely one of the first. So, like, Ty definitely doesn't get all the credit that he deserves, but he's definitely a trendsetter here. And I just, you know, I, I literally watched him stick to his craft and get better and better every year. And now he's one of, he's one of, he's one of the best rappers from the city. Like, I'm super, I'm super proud of his growth. That's my man. Yeah, and and it's very good too. Like how everyone sticks together with Detroit too. Um, I'm actually doing a story on them, the Almighty Dreadnoughts too. Um, but I'm curious on you. The first time you ever met Hex Murder, because I understand he managed you. Yep, Hex used to manage me. Hex used to manage uh, me and the group. I met Hex when I was eighteen. I want to say eighteen, nineteen. There was a there was a battle at a local record store here named Caboodles. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I battled, I battled, uh, I battled a dude named Il Uno who was from Teamsters at that time. And I had absolutely no backing. I had no crew. So he had his crew. And, you know, they basically robbed me of the battle. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because it was a crowd participation battle. But his people were, his people <laughs> were a little bit louder. And I was like, oh, okay. So after that, they did like a free-for-all. And I ended up battling one of the Almighty Dreadnoughts, and I beat him. And after that, Hex came up to me like, yo, who are you? Like, you nice. And, you know, he gave me his card, and, you know, he became, he, that day, from that day on, he became one of my biggest influences, my biggest mentor, for sure. I like how you say mentor too. Do you still um, ask him for, for advice time to time, sir? Oh, definitely, definitely. Hex is Hex is one of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. Like so, of course, when I have, when I have when I have something that I can't find the answer to, I know Hex knows it. So I'll I'll, I'll always reach out. Um, and one of my favorite projects by you is Ways of the Wand. I was curious too. Would you consider that your debut solo album, or is there other ones before that too? That's the first one that. That's the first one that I put out. I owe uh, a lot of that, most of that, to uh, DJ Houshu, because a lot of those were uh, were songs that I was just sitting on. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have didn't have a direction for them. You know, it was just like. You know, these are just good songs. And how she was, how she was like, yo, like you, like you, bull, like you BS and just give me these songs. I'm gonna put it together. And you said, so yeah, that was my first official. That was my first official release. I love the growth as an artist too, because like you can see the time too, like even like the soundtrack of Autumn too. We'll get to that after too. But um, I'm curious too. Have you ever seen DJ House Shoes break a record in St. Andrews before? Like full on smashed vinyl. Man, you know what? That was that was a huge thing. That was a huge, huge thing. Like for for us, like we always wanted. Like if you got, like if you got, 
like if you if you, if you got house shoes approval, then that means that you were doing something right. But if he didn't like a record, if he didn't like your record, he would take it off in the middle, in the middle of it playing and just break it against the wall. And that was super crazy. Like that was super crazy, man. Like we never, you never wanted to be, you never want, you never wanted your record to get to get thrown against the wall, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen him. I've I've seen him do it a couple times, man. Right? I was like, damn, I, man, I feel sorry it. for man. <laughs> man, yeah, but it was, it was it was some big name records too. It was like records from people who were like on. Like it wasn't just always us. It wasn't just always. It wasn't just always the people like the local cast. It was it was it was he was breaking the records of of, of people who was sending it to him from labels. Like, nah, this whack, we ain't playing this. Oh wow! <laughs> so, so he has a very good ear for sound. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Shoes definitely has one of the best ears around, for sure. Um, because St. Andrews is a legendary place, too, and you also have some history in there. Can you give, like, one of your experiences at St. Andrews for, for the people who never even been there, sir? Oh, wait, man, it's so many. I just remember, like, I remember when I was super young, like, and, uh, like, basically hip-hop used to, hip-hop used to rule the, the, the land at that point. Like, you were only going down there to hear hip-hop, so... They, we had a we had a circular here called the Metro Times, which you could they would put coupons in there, like for the night, so you could get in free. And I remember cutting those out and using my cousin Chuck's ID to get in there when I was underage, just seeing the growth and being accepted there, and you know, just 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 walking in and not necessarily having to pay and skipping the line. Like I definitely performed some of my best shows, and I cut my teeth there at the bedroom, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is, it's so, it's such a big part, it's such a big part of our history, and I'm glad that, that I was able to, to, to grace those, to grace those, to grace those steps. Well, they also, you also graced another place, too, that I was very proud of, too. When I seen that you were in a Detroit Institute of Art commercial, I was like, oh, yeah, that's where my guy Marvin Quest. Um, I was curious, sir, uh, what that felt like, too, when they approached you for that? You know, that was super huge, man, because, like, the DIA is a place that you normally think wouldn't accept us. You know what I'm saying? That's a place that, that's a place that isn't known for being accepting of, of, of hip-hop. So, for, for Jenny, Jenny Richard is the, is the photographer who put it together. Like, for, for her to care enough about our story to want to tell it and then use that as a platform, it was huge. That's a place that we, that's a place that we went, you know what I'm saying, like on field trips. Like, that's a place where we went as, as children and to be able to, to take my mother, to be able to take my mother to the DI and show her that I was on the wall of that place. Like it kind of gave some, it kind of gave some validity to to the decisions that I've that I've made for my life. So it, it was an incredible experience. Like that is probably that is probably my that's one of my crowning achievements. Like as a, as a, as an artist, like that is huge. Not not the movies, not MTV, not any of that. But being able to do something that my mother is, is proud of or just being able to show her that, yo, I'm not just BSing my time away, that was huge for me. Yeah, because like that, because that's a lot of people like wish they could have like an achievement like that too. So I'm glad that you said that's one of your cr crowning achievements as an artist. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm curious too, Marv. What you still obsessed with Tiny Houses? Yo, I was—I literally just watched an episode of Tiny House Hunters today. Literally, it's the best thing in the world, man. Like it's so—it's so like it saves on energy. It's cost efficient. You can't raise kids in a tiny house. I—I I, can—I can—I can see that. But anything else, man, it's great. I'm trying to talk my girl into getting one. <laughs> um. 
what inspired that too? Like, when did you get first get into tiny houses too? Because I never would have expected that from you. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I think uh, my earliest my earliest memory, my earliest recollection, my earliest recollection was being like out on the road somewhere and being in a hotel and it's like super late and nothing was on TV. So I just stumbled upon this, stumbled upon that. I was <laughs> like, yo, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I, like, I've been stuck ever since then. I've been stuck on it. Like, I, I watch it all the time. Um, Like, with that, too, um, have you ever seen one of a recording studio in there, too? I haven't seen one with a recording. No, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I have seen one with the recording studio. It was kind of, it was kind of like, it was very makeshift. Like it wasn't like, oh, I would um, imagine real studio. You know what I'm saying? It's very makeshift, but for what it was, like it served its purpose. Like it was super dope. It was super dope. Too much bass may shake the house down. <laughs> Man, shake the whole house down, right? Um, because I understand you're a big C- Beanie Siegel fan too. What was your reaction when when he collaborated with Ozzy Osbourne on the Solution album? You know what? I can honestly say that I'm not that familiar with that with that joint. You know what I'm saying? Like my Beanie Siegel knowledge really goes from the truth and the reasoning. Oh, so or early, the Beanie, reason. early, early. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, I was a huge. I was a huge early Beanie Siegel fan, like, like to the point where I got comparisons. Like, oh, you're trying to, you're trying to rap like Beanie Siegel, which may have been true. I may have been, I was very indirectly influenced <laughs> by Beanie Siegel at one point in time in my career. <laughs> uh, um, because Be- Beanie's been on for a long time too, um, and for you to be on, yeah. when was the first time you ever heard of Beanie? Like the very, very first time you heard him. Like, yo, who's this guy? May have been Reservoir Dogs from Volume Two. Oh wow! Hey, Volume Two. It may have been. It may have been that. It may have been that. Like, who is this? Like, he going crazy. That's ninety-seven, if I believe. No, that's ninety-eight. That's ninety-eight. That's ninety-eight. I'm still in high school for sure. Oh, um, um, so I'm curious too, um, when you were still in high school too, how big was Bad Boy and Hove too? Because I was only like five or six, so I really didn't get it at the time too, but you were in the middle of all of it too. Like, I'm curious, how big was that impact for you? Hove wasn't, Jay-Z wasn't as big as Biggie was when I was in school. Like, Biggie was, it was almost religion, you know what I'm saying, like. For me specifically, Biggie was huge. Like he, he wasn't, he didn't look like the typical rapper. He didn't rap like the typical rapper. Like all the girls loved him. Like he was super cool. Seemed like he was respected by the streets. Hope was just a good rapper at that point. He hadn't become. He showed flashes, but he hadn't become what he is now. What what you know what I'm saying? What he is now. What he would, what he would come to be. So yeah, like that, like that boy was a movement. Like, and people can talk all the stuff they want, like about puffing, and like his, like his, like the way he does rappers and all of that. But like, he created stars out of people who who otherwise wouldn't have been stars. Like, G. Depp may not have been a star. You know what I'm saying? Like, Black Rod may not have been a star. He made them stars. Now, whether or not their business was correct, unfortunately, that falls on them. But, like, he made stars out of those people. Mace was huge. Like, Bad Boy was really, really popular. Bad Boy, Jeff Rowe, that whole era, like, they were really, really popular. What was it like experiencing or, like, um, hearing that Tupac and Biggie died during that time, too? Because there was no social media around that time, too. So I'm curious on how different people reacted when they heard the news. You know, people were, were invested. They were emotionally invested in both of those artists. So I, I 
I, I remember when Pac passed, like, I, I literally remember, like, like, strangers, like, crying, like, like, it was, like, it was different, like, they were, like, in, they were hurting, like, like, they, like, they had just lost a close friend, for a lot of them, it may have been that, because they, 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 they related to him, you know what I'm saying, they, like, his music resonated with them, but Biggie, for me, like, because I, I wanted, I wanted, essentially, to, to, to be like Big, it hurt too, like, man, how could you, what, what we didn't take, what we didn't take into account, or what I didn't take into account, is how young they both were when they passed and the impact that they left. Tupac was 25 years old. Biggie was 24 when they died. And these these are people who are who are widely considered two of the best ever. Like, you still have these arguments to this day about these two people. And at 24 and 25, it's very few people who impacted the world like that. So, uh, although their deaths were untimely and their deaths were, were tragedies, you know, God knew what he was doing. He put them here for a reason. They impacted so many people in such a short time that their, job, their jobs were done here. And it was time for them to move on to another realm. But it's almost like they're still here. Their songs still get the same rotation. Like, you know what I'm saying? People, people refuse to let Pac die. He's, he's been in Cuba and all kinds of stuff for the past 30 years. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's a testament to them. That's a huge testament to them. Um, and I'm curious, too, um, because obviously Big inspired the fat killers. Would you say that? Oh, yeah, sure. Without question. Huge, a huge inspiration. Um because I asked Fat Father and Bane this too, um, I would like to get your take on this too, Marv. Um, what did the Fat Killers mean to Detroit hip hop, sir? Because I believe that's one of the most standout groups, if if not the most standout group ever from Detroit. too all four of you still make music to this day too have you guys ever talked about doing another album together or that's not really in the in the future anytime soon because i know no notice how groups are very particular with group albums you know what i think um my honest to god my honest to god opinion is of course you know we we all still work with each other we all still collab with each other we're all on each other's projects in some form or fashion I think that we've we we've set a bar so high for ourselves that I think 
think it's a little bit intimidating when you try to reach it or when you try to top it. So I don't know if we want to mess that up. You know what I'm saying? I think that's where we are. Like, we're like, yeah, we could get in there and, and bang out and bang out 13, 14 songs. But is it going to be as impactful as what we did 14 years ago? And if it isn't, I personally don't want to touch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to ruin that. So if it's not going to be better than what we did, let's, let's wait until we're ready to top that. I like how you're careful on what you add to your legacy. You gotta be. You gotta be, because people will definitely, people will, will, will clown you for your, people will, when people expect you to be good, they won't credit, they won't give you credit for being good, but they'll always clown your missteps. So I'm try, I try to be very mindful of that. We all do. What inspired the Twin Towers group, Marv? Uh, because, you know what, me and, me and Fats have always been like, or we've always considered ourselves like, like, like Ghost, like, like Ghostface and Raekwon, or Styles and Jada. We've always considered ourselves to be like that. So, it was kind of like, it doesn't make sense that we don't have anything. Let's just, you know, let's just put a couple of joints together and see what happens. So that's what inspired it. And I'm curious too, would you guys ever consider doing a full length album together, like how you did the soundtrack of Artem on Bandcamp, like something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're actually we're actually working on it. Oh yeah, we're definitely stay tuned for that. That's fire. Yeah, 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 we do we're working on it. Look, I'll I'll admit that I'm the holder. You know what I'm saying? I've become very particular. In, in my old age about music and how it turns out. So, Fats is super ready. He's super gung-ho, super ready. I'm, I'm the holder. I, I can admit that. But I'm, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working towards not being the holder anymore. Um, I like I like how you're so motivated, too, after all these years, too. Um, as we come into, it's actually my most favorite project, well, I don't know, it's between that or Ways of the One, but Soundtrack of the Autumn, sir, um, follows my favorite season. Maybe that's why I flocked to that album so much, but I understand there's a story behind each title of the album, too, so I'm just curious, why the name Soundtrack of the Autumn, sir? Uh, you know what, when when I went into it, I was, it seems like every, like, like every season has its music, you know what I'm saying? Like, people drop really bass heavy uh, party songs in the summer because that's what the mood that's what the mood is people drop very uh, people drop slow methodical music in the winter and it was just like yo nobody ever nobody ever talks about nobody ever talks about autumn nobody ever says anything about fall and I always feel like that's the that's the season that that that, that brings us the most that's the season that that lets you know, like, yo, it's, it's like it's finna get it's finna get rough out here. Like it's finna get tough. Like it's time for you to stop playing. You don't have to step your game up. So I went into it. That's how I went into it. I went into it like, yo, like this is gonna be this is this is the music that you're gonna play when 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 you when you getting ready when you getting ready to to to, to put all the all the fun of summer away. This is gonna make you reflect. This is going to make you think. And I think it came out pretty good, man. I think it came out pretty good. So I think it was successful in that in that, in that that aspect. I definitely do enjoy that album when I'm out, like, roaming through the streets. Because when I listen to tracks like Fire Truck or, like, 96 Draft or even Surgery, too, it just, like, it reminds me of what classic hip-hop sounds like. Um... You were actually the first person to put me onto Nolan the Ninja, and I don't, and you would never even knew that. Oh man, that's dope, man. Nolan is super dope, man. Congrats to Nolan, man. He just uh, signed a deal with uh, with Mellow Music Group, so he's gonna drop some new music pretty soon. I'm super excited. I'm super excited to hear what he's been working on. 
Uh, and I'm curious too because I tap into Bandcamp a lot too. Um, what made you want to add Suicide Squad featuring Royce to the physical only and the Bandcamp version, or is that a physical only track? Um, because I because I wanted people I wanted people to have an incentive behind the physical. You know what I'm saying? Like like value behind it. I wanted uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted people. I wanted people to want it. So if I give, if I put something on it that's not on the digital, you know, they might, they, they might be a little bit more inclined to go get it. And, it, you know, it worked. I was super happy with the response. People loved the song. People people bought the project. Sold out. So, sold out. And no, no, none left. If you, like, if you want one of the 250 people, one of the first 250 people that got the, the vinyl with the leaf in it, it's a wrap. It's completely gone. And that's a huge accomplishment <clears throat> to sell 250 vinyl, too. Like, right out. Did you sign each copy, too? Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Straight straight at the... Straight, you know what I'm saying? Without, without, any, without any major... Without any major backing. Shout out to my man, Kim Hill, over at uh, the What of the Home. They helped me put it out. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my man, uh, Frank Miller, over at Rappers I Know. He helped me facilitate the digital. Like, it was a group effort, man. I'm super happy with the response, too. I'm super happy. That's a one hell of a debut. I mean, sorry, not debut. That's one hell of a project. So, Ways of the Wands debut. But that's yeah. even fire, too. Like, that's what I mean. Like, like when I listen to, like, the two, it's like, you haven't lost a step. And, like, Ways of the Wand was um, 2000 and nine if I believe might have been too, might, it might have been 2009 yeah yeah 2009 might have been 2008 because I might have put Wayne Fonda music out 2009 okay um, maybe don't quote me oh no no I definitely won't um but there is some quotables in that soundtrack of the autumn though because like you also a producer too and I'm curious did you produce any of the tracks on that album, sir? Uh, I did the, I did every, I did every beat on album. On soundtrack oh. autumn, I did every beat. You did every, wow, that surgery beats hard body, sir. That, that's my, oh my God. Ah, uh, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, man. Yep, I did every beat on it. What inspired you to be a producer, uh, I mean, sorry, to become making beats, Marv? Um, I was around too many good people. Like, I was around people who were really good at producing. I was around Silent Riot. I was around Denon uh, Porter. I was around uh, the Almighty Dreadnoughts and, and, and Chris Cobb. And I was just like, it, it would be foolish of me to be around all these people and not learn anything. So, like, I, I did. I've always made beats, but I've just been around people <laughs> who made beats better than me. Well, you're definitely up there now, too, because when I heard that surgery track, I was like, I wonder who produced this joint. This joint is fire. And when you said you, I was like, wow. No, it was it was me. It was me, for sure. Um, I'm curious, too. When when you're into producing, too, um, w with you being, like, having, like, a wide variety of sound, did you ever, like, find music like, from a foreign country to sample, and you ended up liking it? Um, sorry, could you repeat that? So, for being a producer, you have a wide selection of sounds. Um, have you ever found something that you were just digging for, for something to sample from a foreign country, and you ended up liking it? Um, yeah. I mean, I can't necessarily say what, though. Because oh, yeah, no, please don't give away the secrets. Yeah, but, no, but, but, yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. Like, I'm a huge, like, I'm a huge fan of music. Regardless of, of what genre or where it's from, I'm a huge music fan. So I'm always, I'm always, like I like I'm 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 always listening. I'm always trying to find inspiration in music. So yeah, definitely, definitely, I put on some records and just played it instead of sampling it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Vibe out like, yo, too. I like the way this sounds. Yeah, definitely, I've definitely done that. Would you consider yourself a pioneer in the tag team battling scene, sir? Uh, 
I think you and Quest would have probably first I seen do that. Nah, we we weren't the first. You know what I'm saying? Like in that in that aspect, I give a lot of credit to uh, Thesaurus and and Ilmac and and like everybody and like and people like Tiff James and Hami Ham, like all the people who did uh, this thing called the World Champ the World Rap Championships the year before that Quest and I did. I give them I give them more credit than Quest and I than Quest and I should get. What we did was we kind of made it we made it more urban. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we made it. We made we like we made it cool for us to do it. So, I'll, I'll say that. I'll say I'll say we deserve some credit for that. Well, because like, in my opinion too, because I'm still real young at the time too. Y'all two are the first I've ever seen do that on a national scale too. Because like, remember, um, from the age of YouTube when back then there really wasn't much YouTube back then. It was mostly like street DVDs. Right. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. YouTube really wasn't popping like that. Um, curious too. Uh. Those smack DVDs too. Did you ever stumble across one of those? Just like wow, like these are still around. Because like I, I remember seeing a smack DVD way out here in Canada. I was like, yo, can I see that first? And Math, that's actually how I found uh, Math Hoffer, I believe. I mean, well, yeah, those, those are huge. Those are huge. Uh, those are huge parts of of the culture. Like those are, like those were were huge. And, and, and building brands and, and 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 giving insight to other regions and other rappers. So you definitely got to give, you definitely have to give Smack his, his credit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, I respect those DVDs a lot. Is Cortez still your favorite battle mode? I don't know. I don't know. It's still one of my favorites. Like you know, now I, I take I take them all now with 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 a grain of, with, a, with a grain of salt. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just happy to still be around and people still want to see me. So Cortez is definitely one of my favorites. He's now one of my favorite people. Like we don't have any issues. Like I got a lot of love for Tez. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it, it, it may be still up there. And it is one hell of a battle too. Um, and I, I actually uh. Heard in an interview by you too that you want Math Hoffer to be your last battle ever. Is that true, sir? At that time, I did. Oh, at you know the time, saying? okay. Like, at this, yeah, at the, at the time, I did because Math is the only person that's really beat me. You know what I'm saying? Math is the only person that's really beat me, and uh, you know I felt the way, and I kind of I wanted my revenge. But um, nah, I don't, I don't know if I feel that way anymore. Like I'm just happy. Like I'm just happy to still be around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you're like you're you um you're grateful. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, because like a lot of battle rappers come and go too. Um your very first battle on grind time was with Averb too. Do you still remember that battle vividly, sir? I do, I do. That was that was me making that was me making a return to battle rap after after a nice little uh, hiatus. And uh, uh, it, it, it was super dope. I was super happy. I was super happy that the people still wanted to see me. You know what I'm saying? And I was super happy to get a, a, a brand new talent. Bird was a new talent at the time. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, I, I felt that did really good. It was it was a new era. It was a new kind of thing, and 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 I'm super happy that I was able to do it. And I'm curious too, uh, because Poof was your man too. And every time I watch like old interviews, like or or even that search for Jerry Garcia DVD, I still have too. He was getting in. You can tell he was gonna get into hip hop media too. Do you think if he was still here with us, that he would be doing what Nori or what Joe Budden's doing? Oh, without question, without question, man. Poof was every everybody loved, everybody loved chopping it up with Poof. Everybody loved talking to him. You know what I'm saying? Like he definitely, he definitely would have been, he definitely would have been at the forefront of of of, of that of that kind of movement. Definitely. 
because I noticed like yeah. a lot of uh, rappers are flocking to uh, news personalities now, uh, and like I always give credit to where people who did it first, because even with that DVD, he was like he was interviewing Method Man and Be Real. Yeah, yeah, but that's but but that's because they you know what I'm saying he had earned he had earned such respect as a rapper that all of the rappers knew who he was and respected his craft and what he did. So when he so you know when he wanted to when he wanted to talk to him, of course they was like, "Yo, whatever you need, bro. Whatever, however you want to play it, like whatever you need." And that was that was that was definitely part of his legacy. You know what I'm saying? I'm just happy. I'm happy to be a footnote in that story somewhere. And put me on to Marv One. That whole oh, DVD. Man. Look, man. Full circle, man. Okay, full circle. It did. Um, I'm curious, too, with Iron Fist Records, too. Uh, were you one of the first people signed to that uh, record label, sir, at the time? I was. I definitely was. It was me. It was uh, Super MC. Yes, sir. Uh, purple game. Nope. Nope, this is before Purple Game. It was oh, this was before Purple Game. Oh. Mm-hmm. It was me, it was Super MC, it was uh, my man Moo, and I believe Miss Corona at the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, with you guys, too, um, did you have talks about recording your solo album at the time, too? Oh uh, yeah, I actually uh <clears throat> I actually recorded there's an album of me over there somewhere. For sure. I definitely have a I got a solo album over there. I definitely have I don't know what happened to it. But I got one over there. Um curious um, because he's a Detroit pioneer and he also appeared on the show um the very first time you ever met DJ Los because I understand he was the very first person from Detroit to have a record deal national out of there. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until much much later. But Los is definitely a legend. Um, do you remember <clears throat> listening to that uh, his EP with? Um, he released back in 1987 in the late 90s, sir? Because I'm pretty sure it resonated throughout time. Yeah, but I, you know what? I didn't. I didn't listen to it. I, I, I can I can say that I, I slept on that one. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that one. Um, I like how you're brutally, brutally honest, too. Um, I have two more questions for you, Mo. One, two, and I'll let you go because I really do appreciate you doing this. Like I said, I wanted you on since season one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, Why are we doing it now, bro? Uh, so, Tenz, um, this is the reason why um, Detroit's always welcome on my show. Um, Kid Vicious, he was my first guest I ever had. Um, curious the first time you ever met Vicious. Oh, man, it was so long ago, I don't even remember. It was so long ago that I can't remember. But Vicious has always been one of my favorites. I'm a huge supporter and a huge fan. I definitely think... Uh, Vish may not get the respect that he deserves because of his bloodline. So people always compare him to his brother as opposed to, to really respecting what he does. Now, nah, Vish but, is a whole other person, though. He's on a whole other level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vish is an animal. Vish is a whole animal. So I'm, I'm, I'm always inspired. I'm always inspired listening to new Vicious for sure. Um, because you've been around the world too, um, and I'm curious, have you ever came over to Western Canada? We got some fire weed over here too. Now, what what uh what part is Western Canada? Like Vancouver? Uh Calgary. Alberta. Calgary. I've never I've never been to Calgary. Only places I've been is Toronto and I've been to Vancouver. I went to Kelowna. Kelowna, Vancouver, Toronto. I heard Kelowna's a lead city. I'd never been there before, though. <laughs> yeah, man, I had a I had a bad experience out there. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Oh, I hope it didn't leave a bad print on the Canadians out here, though. It, it, it did. It did. I'm not going to lie. It did. Oh, well, on behalf of that, yo, I don't know what that dude is thinking, so I hope I can change that around. No, Um, and then I'm curious. This is, um... um question I always wanted to ask you too because 
a lot of people always ask you, oh my god, Mauve, you battled Eminem. I don't want to ask you the most obvious questions, but during that night, did you have to battle Super MC that night? Because he's one of my favorite MCs, Soup. No, I was very, I was very lucky that I didn't have to battle. That I didn't have to battle Soup. I was very lucky. Okay. I was very, very lucky. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, so it seems uh, Adam on the mic, too. Like, when, that Immortal album he has, too? Crazy. Super good, man. Super good. Um, Super good. And then, this is the last question I ask all my guests, too. Um, and it's always interesting because nobody can ever give the same answer to this question. So I'm curious on what a Marv 1 would say to this. Do you have any words for somebody in a dark place trying to see the light? Don't close your eyes. Don't close your eyes. Keep searching for the light. If you close your eyes, then you're giving up. You don't know that light is coming eventually. But you got to keep looking for it. You got to keep searching for it. The day you stop searching for it is the day that all hope is lost. That, that would be mine. I like how you that said would be, that would be mine. I like how you said open your eyes too. I don't think anyone ever said that before because like most people they don't have to they don't realize until they actually do open their eyes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yep. That's real. That's that's real. That's real life, man. That's super real life. Well, I'm glad that the drive's still in your mouth, one, and that you still want to be putting out dope beats, and um, and I'm very looking forward to see what you have coming in the future. So, is there anything that you'd like to plug in before I let you go? I really do appreciate you. Once again. And they say, give flowers to people while you can smell them. Well, I just wanted to let you know, um, all those times, me watching that DVD of Search Jerry Garcia, I can't tell you how much times I went back and just listened to that one freestyle. I got it saved on my phone. Man, I appreciate that, man. That really, really means a lot. Thank you so much, man. Most welcome, my guy. Appreciate um, that. Nah, man, just be, just, just look out, man. I got a new album on the way sooner than later. And then that's it. Just search for me, all, all, everything. I'm good. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Anytime, my guy, Marv One. With that being said, it's another third battle rapper on season three to appear on the show. Marv One from the Desk Low. We out. Peace.